My name is Nicholas Nicario, and you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there Steve. Yeah. And today we are talking about the Palm Wine Drinkard, a book by Amos Tutuola. When was this book published, Steve? Uh, 1950, sorry, four. No, 1953, my fault. Well, close, 1953, 1954. Early 50s. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say this book has the distinction of being the first um, English published internationally um, by an African. Nice. That makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Now, for those of you who haven't read the book, it's kind of told in a folktale kind of way. Uh, We have our main character who is a, for lack of a better term, professional drunk. Yeah, kind of. He's like a... uh, of a, a... a leader, but he's not the primary son. I don't think he has much to do aside from getting drunk, and I think he gets away with that because of that. Right. And his father buys him a palm plantation and hires a personal tapster, a, a man who makes palm wine, which is an alcoholic beverage, uh, to pretty much Thanks. go around... Thanks make palm wine for him all day and he and his buddies drink it. Yeah, he, he just hangs out with his friends and they get wasted on a, a shitload of palm wine. Now, I don't know how big a keg is that they're referring to in the book, but he drinks a lot of kegs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some pictures um, of actual people drinking palm wine and uh, some of those, some of those gourds and whatnot they put it in are pretty big. So I oh yeah, so so this guy is basically a ne'er do well mm-hmm. guy who uh, more or less the only reason people hang out with him is because he has the best palm wine around. And when we find this out, Papster drops dead the tapster drops dead and uh literally literally falls out of a tree and dies uh so our hero the palm wine drinkard goes on an adventure to find out what happened to him well it's funny because once his tapster dies and they run out of the booze his friends don't come around anymore no um so like and like in a pineapple express <laughs> <laughs> okay. when when uh when what's his name uh oh Jesus Christ anyway when uh the guy who who played Harry Osborne okay when he uh he's the drug dealer and uh, he's afraid that the only reason people hang out with him is because he's a drug dealer 
that's what this is. <laughs> the only reason that people are hanging around with this guy is because he's more or less a drug dealer. He gives right. him the palm wine. He, 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 it's always a party at his house. And uh, Right. And that and, that is over. Because he himself is not a very good tapster. No, no. He's no good at the job. Um, and when the booze runs out, he's out of friends. He's just kind of sitting there alone. And, he, and instead of hiring another tapster, he's like, you know, I really want this tapster back. So I'm yeah, going to go a, and find out where dead people go. A little bit of a spoiled kid. Right. So, yeah, so he decides he's going to go and, and hunt down um, his dead tapster. Now, here's where we get into a little of the uh, flavor, I guess. Um, this story is told in a very matter-of-fact way, and he encounters um, various spirits and creatures of the bush mm-hmm. that are definitely supernatural in origin. And the way he describes it is very matter-of-fact. Yes. Very matter-of-fact as if, you know, you see these types of things every day. Right. There's There's no... The line between the real and the supernatural um, is isn't a line, and it's not blurred. It right? Is they're all all there, all part of the same existence. Right, and even even death. He goes to death's house and meets him, and you know he's the guy. The death has beds made of bones and things like this. I mean, it's pretty much a, a, you know, universal description of death, except that he's an actual flesh and blood person, or at least you're led to believe he is. Yeah. I I don't know how much of a universal thing death is. Um, I mean, it could be, and obviously bones are associated with death, but one, one of the things that informs my reading of this was in the introduction of this book. Um, it talks about how um, Tuola as a, uh, as a grandson of a, of a leader and his, his father um, also held a position. This was during, you know, the occupation of, of uh, Nigeria by the British. Mm-hmm. His grandfather's generation was the last of the uh, Yoruba believers and um, his father had converted to Christianity, and he's actually of the first generation of of people born into Christianity. Yeah. Right, but he doesn't seem to be a Christian himself. Well, I think he's like part, he's like on both sides of that. Because right. if you're reading the book, you know, every once in a while he'll go, he'll throw in a God is great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, you don't know that necessarily he's talking about a goddamn phone. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, the phone's ringing. I have no idea who it is, and I'm not going to find out. So, um, yeah, but first he, he wanders off. He finds this village, and he says, Well, you know, I know where your tapster is, and I'll tell you, if you go to this other town and pick up this thing that uh, the blacksmith made for me. But you have to bring me back the right thing. 
And I'm not going to tell you what this thing is. Right, and I'm not going to tell you what this thing is. And here we find out that the palm wine drinker is not just a drunk guy. Uh, He's a bit of a juju man. Yeah, and and he's a bit of a juju man, and his name is the greatest that can do anything. Right. It's and that's not actually what it is, but those are the long lines of what it is. Mm-hmm. Right, oh. and, and he takes that name very seriously. And and he's he's basically saying what his name is, and that declares what he's capable of doing. Right, which is like everything. Yeah, and and he he he's a he's a bit of a shyster here. Right, he he's, he's a bit so, of a. Go ahead. And, and when you come when you come out and you say I am the Lord Overlord that can do anything he put he wants to by snapping his fingers, you're going to get challenged. <laughs> and yeah. and I I don't think this was a malicious thing by the by this guy. I think the guy was like, oh Jesus Christ, yeah yeah yeah. You say you you can do anything. Well, go do something impossible. Right. Well, I, I think I think um, it's also kind of an unfor- more of an unfortunate coincidence that he was named this. You know, and he's like, well, yeah, that's my name. And they said, well, if that's your name, then uh, I want you to go to the blacksmith and pick up this thing that I'm not going to tell you what it is. And right, then our, our hero has to use his brain. And so he transforms into a bird and sits on the guy's house until until the guy gloats to his friends about, ha ha, I fooled that idiot. I told right. him to go pick up my bell and I didn't tell him it was a bell. And the guy's like, ah, it's a bell. So he goes and gets it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Does live up to his name because he is able to do these things. He just doesn't do it in the obvious way. Right, right. He 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 tends to uh, be a little more clever about it. Um, even even his encounter with death, he brings back the bell, which was supposed to be an impossible task, and he says, "Well, you know, since you can do anything, the person you really need to talk to about where your tapster went is probably death." So. If you go and bring death here, I will uh, tell you get or get him to tell you, or I'll tell you where your tapster is. So the guy is just escalating it. Yeah, really, he's just trying to get rid of the guy. Right, and and, and the whole book is kind of like a series of of these little episodes mm-hmm. that are interconnected, where he he shows up in a new town or a new place and has a, has an adventure. Right. Um, where where he, you know, through various means, he's not only dependent on his on his wits. He he does duke it out a few times, and he does use magic um, in some cases. Yeah, to uh, get where he's going. Yeah. But um, it's a usually it's, it's usually a clever use of magic, or even yeah, when he dukes it out, it's a it's a clever. You know, it, there's there's always something clever. So it's really he 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 is getting he's getting by on his wits a lot. Yeah, he has yes. powers, he has skills, but primarily he is he he would be an intelligence based character, right? He he uh, he wins a wife. He, he wins a wife. This. 
he uh, makes a fortune. He loses the fortune. Uh, he sells his ability to die. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that happen mm-hmm. in this book. Journey and and you know he'll he's not in a very big hurry. Right. Oh no. To, to get what he wants. He's uh, and he's sober through most of it, even though he laments the fact he's going after his winemaker. Uh, l- laments the fact that he doesn't have any palm wine to drink, but it's almost the end of the book before he he even takes another sip. Right. Um. He he he'll stay in a place for years, uh, just living his life, mm-hmm. and then. Or Usually. living off of someone else. Well, sometimes, sometimes he 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 is you know he does well for himself, but fucks up somehow. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So you get a series of of these little vignettes, and it's very it's it's extremely interesting how it's written. Um, the book itself, pigeon English. Mm-hmm. You, you have an English vocabulary. But the grammar right. is Yoruba grammar. So it doesn't read a straightforward narrative. Right, right. There's a couple of sections where it seems like he repeats the same phrase like three times. Right. And there's some really awkward, for English, straight English, some some unusual sentence structures. Um, it's It's... It's like listening to somebody tell a story instead of just writing a story mm-hmm. down. Um, it's, it's. I wasn't expecting it. I'm not saying it was a bad thing because it wasn't. I, I enjoyed this book immensely. Um, it just took a little bit more uh, paying attention to, concentrating to to read it because it's certainly not. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a challenge language wise, but also but when you get in that zone, this is it's not a very long book, and once you get into it, it it goes. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the the like, pacing. Uh, there there is not a really a slow moment in this book. No, it, it's kind of like reading Clockwork Orange or Naked Lunch or something like that. Where yeah, it's in English, but it's so stylized. Mm-hmm. You have to get into that groove, right? But once you're in that groove, you can hit it, right? Now, my particular favorite thing about this book is that the premise is so absurd that it's amazing, and I'm really surprised that this has not um, caught on and become a to become a movie. Because I would watch the shit out of this movie. Um, maybe it had it was. Uh, it might be it might be a Nigerian film or something like that. Maybe it was going to be a movie in the eighties. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have this guy. He's you know uh, mega rich, sits around, drinks all day, and then he goes off and has this fantastic, almost Baron Munchausen type adventure. Where? Yeah, it's. Go ahead. Uh, I think he used a lot of um, folk tales, mm-hmm. you know, Yoruba um, religious tales, right? As as the basis for the actual events of the book, 
Yeah, I can see that. But I, um, but I think it also was, I think a lot of it, and I don't know if, if he's like making metaphors for this, but I saw a lot of um, colonialism um, in this book. Just the sheer fact, pardon me, every once in a while he'll be like, oh, God is great. I mean, he'll be talking about all these fantastic things that Christian would, you know, put up a cross in front of you and tell you you're going to hell if, if you right. were telling this to them. And then, you know, in the middle of, of a story where he's, you know, being chased by dead babies who are hopping backwards right. through the bush. God is great because another thing came by and popped me in a sack. Right. Or uh... after, after, after I did all this juju. So you like have all these like fantastic um, non Western elements going on. And then God is great. Yeah. And, and I, I think for, for one, this was written, I can't, my, my history sucks and I can't quite remember when the, um, when Nigeria finally just booted the British. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is like the height of British colonialism in Africa. Like this is where, you know, they've been there a long time and people are getting acclimated and, and you know, being forced to accept Christianity and, and to being forced to accept the fact that their money is worthless. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, their their money is worthless. They have to do all of this other stuff. Um, he talks about merchants trading in various currencies. Yeah, and and, and well, and it's like, like his, this, and it it has that that feeling of yeah, two worlds just like superimposed on each other. Right, like his dad, like the the author's dad, not the dad in the book. Well, his grandfather, um, when he died. You know his power and status should have passed on to uh, Tutuola's father, mm-hmm. but, but instead they broke up. Um, they broke up the family's status and made them all take uh, Western names. The guy's name originally was not Amos Tutuola, right? Um, he, I think his grandfather's name was Tutuola, so he took that as his last name his name his name was like he who brings riches right um i could look that up i should it was on that um uh his name was ojibami right which is a recall from the introduction that wasn't uh all that great of a name right his father was not happy with that name yeah because it was a common name. Right. Oh, no, I'm sorry. His name is um, Olatubuson, which means wealth increases. His grandfather was Ojibam. Right. And his dad was Chuchuola. Right. And, and Anyway. And, but wealth increases was just like, oh, that's the name you give to a like, third son or something like that. That's Fred. Right. It's, <laughs> hey, your wealth increases. You've got another baby. Congrats. Yeah. So, of this, I mean, if you read about what this guy went through, you know, 
had being forced to go to some shitty school and he was living with like an uncle and all sorts of crap that, uh, you know, you kind of see where, you know, how, just how miserable it must've been to be, you know, an African, a Nigerian, a Yoruba in your own country. Mm-hmm. Like and, an, like know, an alien have, in your own land. Yeah. And being ground into the dirt. Right, but I don't really get the the sense of anger in reading this, and, and I think the digs the digs at colonialism are a little subtle, but primarily it was almost like he's trying to uh, preserve not only an oral tradition but a way to preserve some of these legends as well by including them in this narrative. You know, like any, anybody anybody who's familiar with the stories can probably read it and go, oh, that's such and such a story. Right, and I think that was one of the criticisms when this first came out was he was simply retelling old tales, old campfire tales. Right. Which, you know, maybe at the time they were campfire tales, but prior to that, those are the stories that they were telling. This is the history of your people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, at the time you can critique something for that, but... I think I think from a more modern perspective, and me particularly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, I just really like hearing these stories because they are. They're bizarre. They're strange. They're entertaining. And, you know, it's, it's nice to, to see through the eyes of someone else for a while. Yeah, and and it was one thing that struck me when I was reading it was that, you know, we read so much, even like stuff about Africa mm-hmm. that, that we end up reading like um, Balogun or, or uh, uh, Davis or even it's still, or, or Saunders, it's still from, you know, an American perspective. Right. It's you know don't get me don't get me wrong, but still you know those sword and sorcery tales are still they're they're American they're Western it's like it, it's a tradition and I'm glad that that those guys are taking it back and and going in a different direction with it. This is completely different. Mm-hmm. The voice is different. What what. You know, the values, what is being said is different. Right, right. Um, so would you consider this a must read? Yeah, I, I would I would highly recommend it to any, anyone. As a matter of fact, um, the copy that we have for book comes with uh, The Palm Wine Drinkard and My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. Correct. Which is uh, his second novel, which somehow in this comes first. Right, uh, I believe because uh, I believe because the, I think some of the events of that. It's a prequel, right? A prequel. So, so you have. I. <laughs> so you have yeah you have some of the events in Palm Wine Drinkard, uh, reference back to my life in the Bush of Ghosts. So they I guess they set them up in chronological order. I'd like um, to read my life in the Bush of Ghosts. As yeah. well, I mean, it's it's you know sometimes we read a book and it's one and done. I'm like, oh, that was good, but 
you know, am I going to go actively seek out more others in the same? Yeah, oh, this I will. And I, lo and behold, I already did <laughs> by having it. Now, my life in the bush of ghosts is a, is a bit longer. Mm-hmm. And I think that he had, you know, gotten his stride at that point, being a published author. Yes. The, to answer your question, yes. I, it is a must read. Um, so you're going to hand it over to Logan? Might be a little bit beyond Logan. He, you know, he needs to learn how to actually read just regular stuff. N- not regular stuff, but, you know, own language and grammar first. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I I let Logan read this if he wants. If he if he came up to me and said, "Oh, I I'd like to read this book," okay, I would sure. have no problem. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I would I would definitely place it on a must read list for pretty much anybody who's who's interested in um, fantasy and, and strange fiction and Africa and just pretty much you know anybody who's who's into genre of quote-unquote genre fiction should read this book simply because it falls into that category, but it's a wholly different perspective. It does. You don't have people confronting these things and going crazy. And like some of the shit that he runs into in this book, if it came in a, a, a uh, anthology called uh, The Macabre Wine Drinkard, the protagonist would be complaining about how, you know, their their um, lot in life is so small compared to the greater universe, blah, 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 and uh, go sulking or whatever they do these days, faint, sit on the couch, the sucking their thumb. But no, the, the palm wine drinker is kind of like, okay, the guy's, you know, pulling his arm off and you know, giving it back to a guy and paying rent for it. And yeah, how cool was that? That was, that was pretty cool. And it's just the idea of him, him and, um, the, uh, damsel in distress who would later become his wife running from all of these skulls that are rolling, just rolling after them. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's not one of these writers who everything it's, it's like a sea of adjectives. It's just he paints the picture and he's so matter of fact about it and you just let your mind just run away with you and you create some of these like well for me anyway these just like almost hilarious sequences in your head of skulls rolling down the road chasing these people or uh, the unnameable creature who was hungry all the time you know what you come up with an idea of what that looks like because yeah he if it's an undescribable creature he says it was an undescribable creature yes he says i can't describe that thing at the time right but their breath but their breath was hot it felt like sandpaper exactly and And then when he goes to describe it it's like they had skid like sandpaper and steam was coming out of its nostrils like okay (laughs) that's basically what you said before but right. it's the matter of fact, like I ran I run into these indescribable creatures and they're not horrors. They're you're they're there. And we had touched upon this as in the non West, there are cultures out there who do not separate the spiritual and the 
than the physical worlds. And it's very matter of fact to encounter these things. Right, right. And and it's not that big a deal. It's like, okay, there it is. This is what you do if you encounter such a thing. Um, right. You know, let's go, and, and, let's yeah, go have a sandwich. And there's a body of knowledge that people have because it's part of, part of your culture of what to do run into the sandpaper thing. Right. With hot breath. And and it's just part of your cultural bag of tricks of what you do. And and we, you know, we don't have that anymore. Um, I'm not going to say if we ever did, because I know we used to. I mean, just, I think, and this is my personal belief, I think when you go from polytheism, you, by necessity, lose a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, instead of having the gods are there that represent things, you have God, gods of of uh, volcanoes. And, you know, they are the volcano, they inhabit the volcano, but they're also apart from the volcano. And that's part of your psyche. These days, God is just everywhere. It's completely abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not so much for some people, and that is kind of weird. But that's but, another topic altogether. Yeah. Yes, this is kind of a tangent, but if you read Gene Wolfe's um, soldier series, mm-hmm. it's about a, a, a Roman soldier who, who loses his memory and he's in Greece. He, he writes, you know, what ha- the events that happen to him every day. He's got amnesia, so he doesn't process things. So it's just events. And he will run into gods and goddesses on the road and just write very matter-of-factly about that. I was going down to the store for a stick of butter and a loaf of bread and bumped into Zeus. Yeah, but more or less. But it's like I, I'm traveling to Athens on an errand, and uh, there's Dionysus on the side of the road. And he'll describe there's a man in a, in a you know, katan who's drinking wine. He's drunk and doing stuff that you would you and I would associate with Dionysus. So you get what he's trying to to describe, mm-hmm. but he does it in such a matter of fact way that it's just a guy on the side of the road, and you're sitting there going, "That's Dionysus," right, right, which is pretty much kind of how it went. Yeah, but to Latro, the character, it just doesn't know, right? And and uh, palm wine drinker is very much the same same type of tone toward these uh, fantastical creatures. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's it's it makes it for a really refreshing read, and that's something I say a lot when when in, because when we read a lot of this sort of type of story, usually yeah, the horror aspect is played up, but sometimes it's just nice to have that matter of fact presentation where it's more of just a it's a fantasy, but it's not really so much of a fantasy because it's like this stuff is every day. Right, exactly, and uh, yeah, I would, I would let Logan read this. It, it would, I don't think he'd like it just because of um, because of how it's written. Honestly, if you want to, read, I'll let him read it. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a a fun little adventure tale as well. So uh, yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, it's uh, the Palm Wine Drinkard by Amos Tutuola, um, published by Grove Press, an Grove imprint Press. of Grove Atlantic. Distributed by Publishers Group West. Is that just our copy, or is that? Uh... Um, that's yeah, that's our copy. Oh, okay. 
Well, they, they might be. Uh, that's probably the only now. copy you're going to find. I yeah. think. Unless you find like an old, like a first edition or something. Yeah. Yeah. Check your, uh, your local used bookstore. See if you can find it. Um, there, there are copies, I believe, available on the internet. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you can get one from Amazon. Not that we're, uh, encouraging piracy or anything like that, but, well, I uh, said Amazon. right. Amazon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. That's all we have for today. Ladies and gents, we'll talk to you later on. Keep 30 luck points.